0: second Sunday in the season of Lent is from Mark, chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and from our Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Most holy God, we thank you, especially this day, for our children who lead us in song and music, who lift our spirits. We ask, O Lord, that you speak to us now through your holy word and that you are revealed in the sacramental meal. Help us to trust and believe that you are as surely present to us now as you were to the disciples those many years ago. Help us to believe your promise that Where two or three are gathered in your name, you will be right there with them. Thank you for being with us here today, O Lord. And bless us as we proceed into the week ahead, nourished by what you have to say and by the food of your body and blood. In your holy and gracious name, we pray. Amen. Well, you all know that we are now in the season of Lent, preparing for Holy Week. The season of Lent at Holy Spirit Lutheran has a particular theme this year. The theme is two words, building peace. We believe those two words are at the very center of Jesus' ministry, that he came to this earth not only to save individuals to go to heaven after we die, but Jesus came To create a community, a world where people could live at peace with one another. I'm going to say that once more because we tend to forget. We are so absorbed in the idea that religion means an individual kind of salvation that we miss a lot of what is in Scripture, both the Old and the New Testament, if you read it carefully, it's almost always about creating a community of people that live with kindness and compassion with one another. And Jesus is doing that throughout his ministry and including today. So we have chosen a theme called building peace because that is what Christ wants us to do. How do we do that? Well, this year we think that one way to build peace from the bottom up in our world is to start with ourselves and our own communication with one another. We live in a world, sadly to say, where there is much misinterpretation, much polarization, a great lacking in civil discourse. How do we help create a society of greater civil discourse? A member of our church named Mary Schroeder has written six steps, six ways, six disciplines about how we can communicate better with other people. And during the season of Lent, each week, we're going to engage a different step in Her Six. So last week, we talked about the first step. And the first step has nothing to do with talking to anybody else. It has everything to do with starting a conversation by getting ourselves centered quiet peaceful I also challenged us last week to think of Lent this year a little bit differently than we have in the past because typically in Lent it is a time of introspection and a time of confession confessing our sin our darkness our pain But what if we took this season to confess also the fact that God has created us as holy and good? Martin Luther said that we're 100% saint, 100% sinner. But during Lent, we focus on that 100% sinner side. What if we also added to that mix this season a focus on yourself as being created in the very image of the divine? Every one of you, including you children, are created in the image of God. There's holiness in you. What if we got in touch with that side of us before we engage the world in conversation, before we went into a conversation that might be a little tense? It would change how we enter that conversation. That's the first step. We're now in the second week, and we're introducing the next step, which is to actively listen to what the other person has to say. So we don't start with talking, we start with listening. And active listening means you listen to what the meaning is, not just the surface words. It is so amazing to me that we have a gospel lesson today assigned arbitrarily years and years ago for this particular Sunday when we're emphasizing how to be active listeners when the disciples in Jesus, the disciples are absolutely what I would call inactive listeners they completely fail in understanding what jesus had to say to them for a number of weeks and months now jesus has been trying to teach his disciples some certain important things about what god is like about what it means to follow god about what a righteous life would look like and then finally halfway through the book of mark which we have today in our text Jesus thinks, okay, maybe they're ready. Maybe they've heard what I have to say. Maybe they are active listeners. And so he says to his disciples, okay, you guys, who am I? Have you heard what I've said? Do you understand why I'm here? Peter raises his hand and says, I know you are the Christ. You are the king. You are the Messiah. You are the person of power. We're going to follow you and we're going to win. We're going to be winners. And Jesus is going, oh, no. And he rebukes Peter, as it says in the text. No, Peter, you're not an active listener. You're an inactive listener. And he spends almost the rest of the Gospel of Mark trying to teach his disciples what it means to follow God, what it means to be the Messiah, which is to live with kindness and compassion, justice, which can lead in an Injust world, unjust world, to suffering and death. So, we are disciples 2,000 years later, and I don't want to offend you, but oftentimes we're inactive listeners too. Is it not true that when you're in a conversation with someone and it looks like you're listening to what they have to say? you're really formulating what you're going to say in response. We often don't notice it even in ourselves. But this week, maybe take a moment to kind of think, oh, I'm preparing what I'm going to say while they're still talking. Or we have this huge filter that we project out in front of ourselves, and the filter can be anything from anxiety or low self-esteem or a stereotype about the other person, or a political point of view. And anything said on the other side of that screen gets filtered. And we hear what we want to hear. To actively listen is to truly and honestly put our agenda aside for a moment and listen not just to the words of the other person, but to the meaning of what they have to say. It's not easy. It's not easy. I don't know what to tell you how to do it. I'll share an example of how I try to get people preparing for marriage to become active listeners. So we do premarriage counseling here at this church, and one of the steps, we invite people to practice an exercise we call active listening skills. So the two people are there in your office, and you say to, the, to one, I want you sometime this week to tell your partner two or three things that are really important to you or that you request of your partner. And then the partner is supposed to go, I hear you saying you think this is important. I hear you saying that you request this of me. And then the original partner says if it's correct or not. Let me tell you more times than not, The person listening doesn't get it correct i hear you saying this and the person i didn't say that that wasn't what i meant at all and it's amazing how difficult it is sometimes to clarify our deepest meaning that's our step this week as we prepare to build peace to actively listen to one another I was going to stop the sermon right there. As our big task is to promote civil discourse. But then I got thinking about, you know, sometimes we don't listen to God's voice around us too. That God is speaking to us in various ways, quiet ways, like you guys today playing the bells. It felt like God and the angels were speaking to us. I have a little story to tell you. It's from a book published by our church. Pastor Larry Morris organized some of the authors and writers from our church to create this book. And there's a little story in here about a waiter who actually, I think, is an active listener. So see how well he does listening for the voice of the divine in this ordinary setting. Do you want to go to Rome right now? Yeah? 8 o'clock didn't want to go to Rome, but do you guys want to go to Rome? Okay, so we're in Rome. Here we are. A still small voice written by Doug Miller. It was a quiet afternoon around the piazza in the front of the Pantheon in Rome. The sun had finished, painting the buildings on the east side in pastels as it set. Lights were coming on and people were in transition from day to night. We were sitting at our favorite outdoor restaurant near where the movie Roman Holiday was filmed. Only people with gray hair remember that movie. A glass of wine and some bread were put in front of us as we watched the passing scene. It was and always is magical at that time of day. The world seems to hold its breath as people quietly situate themselves for the evening. At the corner of the outside seating for that restaurant nearest the fountain, a little girl stood up and she began singing. She was 11, maybe 12, she had a white dress on. She had a confident but not a very commanding voice. It was pure and clear, however. She finished her song and no one seemed to notice except our waiter, who was electrified. He rushed down to the girl and her father. He instructed her, the little girl, to stand up on a chair and he positioned her and fervently pleaded with her to sing again. He started waving his arms in front of her as if conducting her and getting her started. Now, of course, she was the center of attention and she was nervous, but she sang. Haltingly at first, her voice came over the restaurant crowd like a gentle breeze, and everyone stopped talking and focused on the song. There were gentle murmurings, bravo, bella. Her voice gathered strength as the crowd focused. She was singing, don't cry for me, Argentina. And as more confidence came over her, she was belting out the song, and everyone, all the patrons, seemed to notice. And now the whole piazza, everyone walking by, stopped. Everyone came to a halt. As she finished, the entire restaurant, perhaps 75 people plus the crowd, applauded. The waiter liberated some nearby flowers and ceremoniously presented them to the girl. More applause. She bowed. She had that look on her face that performers get when they know they've done something special, a look of gratitude and confidence and relief. I then looked back to where the girl was standing on the chair and saw that she was gone. She had melted away into the gathering. I never got her name nor heard the song again, but always remember her still, small voice floating over us like the fragrance of some long-forgotten flower. I submit to you that the voice of God comes to us in a still, small way that we can often miss if our agenda is too packed, if our filter is too strong. Not only coming to us from the people we have conversations with, but from God through people like our children. Help us during this season of Lent to create civil discourse so that we might build a community of Christ of peace, compassion, justice. Center oneself. Know you are a child of God. Be an active listener in the week ahead. Amen. A moment for silence.